It's Wednesday night, and sometimes I wrestle with the messages that I teach. I keep running into myself. And you're going to do that when you teach through the Bible in proper context. I haven't known what to teach on Wednesday night, so I'm switching my messages. Sunday morning I've been talking about Christmas, and Christmas is Christ Mass. It's Roman Catholicism. I want to say my favorite thing to say about Christmas. You say this to people, they won't know what to do with it. It was against the law to celebrate Christmas 300 years ago in America. Now, if you're celebrating Christmas today, you're you're saying that the people 300 years ago didn't know what they were doing when they quit celebrating it. I've told you that there were these families in Europe and the Roman Catholic Church was persecuting these families, the Albigans family, Albigans, A-L-B-I-G-U-I-N-S-E, Albigans, the Huguenots, it's probably Huguenot, but the Huguenots settled in France, and they don't pronounce the T's on a word, so it would probably be Huguenot. The Huguenots and the Waldens family, the Waldenses, and the Cathars. These were the ones that, that Cathar, and I'm not going to teach on Christmas tonight, I'm just saying these families multiplied into millions of people over six to seven hundred years. And they were teaching what I'm teaching here, that the Roman Catholic Mass was paganism and that uh, and they were persecuted in England, all over what we call the European continent. And they were slaughtered and butchered if they would not partake of the sacrament of the Mass. So they came to America, and they said, we will purify. We'll purify the church in America, and we'll call ourselves Puritans. And we will outlaw Christmas and Easter and anything that has to do with Roman Catholicism. Christmas... Easter and Halloween and the rest of the so-called holy days and they outlawed it well it was repealed by the by the uh, by the universalists and the unitarians were which were really dizzy people it's like they walked around I have I don't have you ever been around a Unitarian? You and I means one. They believe there's one God. They didn't believe in three persons in the Godhead. And they believe they're supposed to love everybody. Everybody's good and we need to I went into a Unitarian's house when I was in real estate years ago and they had all these strings hanging down from the ceiling everywhere and the lady said, Come on in. 
said the spider to the fly. He was like, thank you. It was kind of frightening, a little bit weird. And that's what Unitarians are like. They just love everybody and embrace the whole world. Well, anyway, they're the ones that got the law repealed. That was canceled out. But until the early, till 1900, most of the people, the Protestants in America, did not have anything to do with it because it was Roman Catholic. Now, you can get mad at that if you want to, but we don't do Christmas around here. It has nothing to do with Jesus. Now, what, were they, what they were doing, what the people have done in America is the same thing. I got to thinking of this. It's the same exact thing that the Charismatics are doing today. What were they doing? Adding to the Word of God. When you add the Mass, the Mass is eating human flesh. Roman Catholics say they say this formula, Hocus Corpus Infili, and that cracker turns into the body and blood, not just the blood, not just the body, but the body and the blood of Christ, and you have to eat that Eucharist in order to go to heaven. Uh, Sheldon's told me several times that when he was a kid, first time he got to partake of the Mass, he said, he said, I kept saying to myself, being a good Roman Catholic, he said, I kept saying, I get to go to heaven now. I've eaten the body of Jesus. It took him a long time to find out that wasn't true. But anyway, the charismatics have added to the Word of God. You cannot add to the Word of God. I'm going to read a couple of verses. The charismatics have added. They say that you can say with your mouth, say with mouth, whatever you want to happen. And they call this positive confession. And they say they're going to change what is going on to what they want. And they say that their mouth has positive and negative vibrations. Whatever you say over and over will eventually happen to you. If uh, there's a crazy guy over in Arkansas, uh, can never can think of his name. Who's that guy in Arkansas, Mike? Charles Caps. Uh, Charles Caps. Charles Caps. Charles Caps was crazy. He's dead now. Good. I'm glad false teachers die. You say people say you're glad a man dies. I, you mean I, I'm supposed to be glad when God destroys one of those guys that destroys His word. Charles Kemp says, if you say, if you keep doing that, I could just die. I could just die. He said, if you keep saying that over and over again, that's a negative confession. It'll happen to you and you'll die because of those words. That's what Charles Kemp said. He's crazy. He's probably in hell now because he didn't believe God. 
they say you can do that. What they're saying, they're saying that you can negate prayer. But they don't have any idea what prayer is. They say when they pray, they can pray for what they want. I had a lady call me the other day. And she said, and she's from Chicago area. She she said, opened her mouth and said one of the funniest things to me. She said, I don't believe that Jesus died on a cross to make us rich. I said, good for you. I don't believe that either. It's really funny. Jesus died on a cross to make us rich. Prayer, prosukomai, that's something you say in your mind or with your mouth. Prosukomai comes from pros and UK. Pros means toward. It's our word pro. Toward. Pros is our word pro. If you are pro-life, you are for life, for life. If you are pro-anything, you're for it. And UK means to will or desire. Well, if you you pray, you will yourself towards the will of God. You bow to the will of God. Will of God. Now, I've heard Fred Price say, we know what the will of God is. We don't have to ask God for His will. All we have to do is say what we want, and that's the will of God. Fred Price is a wacko. They're all crazy. What they're trying to do is negate God's will, God's will, with their words. It's as though God doesn't have anything to do with anything. They say that God... That man turned his will over to Satan in the garden when he partook of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Therefore, Satan is in charge, and God can't do anything unless we give him permit permission in our life. What they're doing is saying certain words of God are false. They're trying to say that what God has ordained can be changed. Well, let's look at some of those verses. What they're saying, what the people that do Christmas are saying, they're saying we can make Christmas spiritual now. And Jesus said, Well, the Bible says in Leviticus 18, look at Leviticus 18. These messages all go together. We'll either preach self, self self-will, that is sin, and God's will. God's will is being done whether we ask for it or not. He doeth according to his will. This is what Nebuchadnezzar said. Our God sits in the heavens. He doeth according to his will in the armies of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And none can stay his hand. 
That word stay is a real interesting word. Look here in Daniel 4. Nebuchadnezzar had been on his all fours for seven times. I believe it was seven months. He was on his all fours out in the field until his hair grew out like bird's feathers to his fingernails grew out like bird claws that had to be seven months eating grass of the field with the cattle of the field now when people say you can say what you want and you can change the will of God they're saying our will is more powerful than his will look here in Daniel 4 35 If the charismatics are right, they can change the will of God. And you can't change the will of God. His will is being done. Daniel 4. This is when this is when Nebuchadnezzar got up on his feet, came to his senses. He wasn't crazy any longer. And this is the king of Babylon's very words. It's not just the Bible. It's King Nebuchadnezzar's words. What does this sound like to you? It sounds like a believer to me. Verse 35. All the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. And God doeth according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And none can stay his hand. That word stay is mika, M-E-C-H-A. M-E-C-H-A. It means to stop. It means to strike in pieces. To arrest. Nobody can arrest the hand of God and say unto him, What doest thou? What are you doing, God? Nobody can do that. He says those basic same words in Isaiah In Isaiah, the 45th chapter, Isaiah 45, Isaiah 45 and verse 9. Woe to him that striveth with his maker. Woe to him that fights. The word is rube. It means to quarrel or wrangle with God. Whoa, that's a cry of damnation. If you fight with God, let the potsherd strive with the potsherds of the earth. If you don't know what a potsherd is, that's when a piece of pottery was broken in pieces and they would take a potsherd and scrape their, the, when they had a disease, they'd scrape the scalp off. It wasn't good for nothing, but just to scrape something with. Shall the clay say to him that fashioneth it, What makest thou, or thy work? He hath no hands. Can you strive with God and say, What are you doing? These guys are saying, the charismatics are saying, you can arrest the hand of God and you can change his will to what you want with your positive confession with your mouth. Look over here in, look over here in uh, 
I was going to take you somewhere a while ago. Leviticus 18. Leviticus 18, yeah. And people say, what's wrong with Christmas? What's wrong with wanting what you want? We have to bow to the will of God. There's nothing wrong with being poor. Nothing wrong with it. God doesn't give to every person this get up and go, uh, this self-start. Some of us are self-starters. I've had a lot of self-start in my life. I could start from scratch and start selling something or just start promoting some work and I could get somewhere with it. But everybody doesn't have that. You cannot say, uh, if Teresa, she's not a get-up-and-go person. She may work, but she's a real easy-going lady. And you can't teach her to be a super salesman, can you? No, you can't do that. You had to say to her, all you got to do is believe and say it with your mouth, and you can have a brand-new car next week. That is not true. That's adding to the Word of God. That is trying to take what God has arranged. Look here in Leviticus 18. When you add positive confession or Christ's mass to the Bible, if you add demons to the Bible, do you know everything that I teach on is either for or against something? It's either for the truth or against the lie. There's no such thing as demons. If you teach on demons... You're teaching on something that's not there. But if you don't know that in the first century, they called the gods that they served daemonion, which is the word, demon. And the very meaning of demon has the same meaning as these positive confession preachers. Were demon, daemonion, D-A-I-M-O-N-I-O-N. That is the word demon. Demonion comes from the root dio, D-A-I-O, and that word means to distribute fortunes. Fortunes. Isn't that what the positive confession people are doing? They're distributing fortunes of this world. They say God wants everybody rich. He does not want everybody rich. If he wants everybody rich, he'd make them rich. But he keeps saying, blessed are the poor in spirit. You can't be poor in spirit if you're super rich and super wealthy. Just not true. How do you know that, Jim? The Bible says, woe to you that are rich. You have your consolation. Woe, O-U-A-I, is a cry of damnation there's a cry of damnation to the rich unless Paul says to Timothy in the last chapter of 1 Timothy he says the love of money is the root of all evil and he says at the end of that chapter he goes on to say they that will be rich those that will I believe the word is Thelema, determine. Those that determine riches in their life, they fall into temptation and a snare and to many foolish and hurtful lusts. If you're going out to be rich, 
What we should be doing every day, Mary said this going home from church last Sunday. She said, I believe that God's will in my life is for me to go out and witness to the world. That's, and Bible, the Bible calls that rich in faith. The only riches God wants for us is rich in faith. Well, Jim, are we supposed to work hard? I believe we're supposed to work, not overwork. I've been guilty of that in my life. I believe that's a sin to overwork. I don't mean that doesn't give you an excuse to be lazy. I believe Christians should work hard, work a job, work 40 hours a week, give them 50 hours in those 40. Work better than anybody else. I believe that's what we're supposed to do. You're not supposed to work yourself into the grave, which I tried to do for years, and I nearly got there. What you're supposed to do is work, be responsible, be accountable to God, look out for others. Look not every man on his own things. That goes back to distributing fortunes. The charismatics say positive confession will distribute fortunes to you. That's what a demon is. They said that Hercules was their demon. Perseus was a demon. Venus was a demon. They called their gods that they offered offered sacrifices to. They called them demons. And they said, they said Hercules and Perseus and all of those gods, Jupiter, that they were just forms of the original prototype Nimrod and that he was going to distribute fortunes to you. They said their gods watched over them. They were guardian angels. They hovered over their life, followed them around. Most of the demons in the first century were good demons and they weren't evil demons. They did. Demons were a popular, a popular term for their gods. Their gods were watching over them to distribute fortunes, and that has the same meaning as what the positive confession people are doing. Just say these positive words, and you'll get them. No, you won't. They're trying to say they can stop God's will from being done. I don't like the positive confession people because they tell you, the more you give, the more you get back. That's what they tell you. You cannot, and I'm going to come back to this verse. This goes right here with what I'm talking about. Go over to Romans 11, then I'll come back to, Le, to Leviticus 18. Go to Romans 11. You've heard this past week on the news, everybody has heard this term. If you haven't, you'll hear it. You've heard this term on the news concerning Donald Trump's impeachment hearing. You've heard quid pro quo. You've been hearing that, haven't you? Most people don't have any idea what that means. Why don't those guys define it? I know what it means. It means to give in order 
to get. God is not a quid pro quo person. You can't give to God to get. And that's what they say. If you give to God, the more you give. They don't want your tithes. They want you to borrow from your... If you're poor, go out and borrow from everybody you can and give it to them and you will come up rich. Romans 11 says God is not a quid quid pro quo person. Y'all have heard that, haven't you? That means to give to get. It means we will give to you if you... What they were saying about Donald Trump, and I don't really care whether he's guilty or innocent. I don't believe in him or anybody else that's a presidential candidate. Uh, don't believe they're honest, any of them. They don't care what they do with it. But they're saying Donald Trump was making a deal with with uh, the country over there on the border of, what's the name of the country? Ukraine. 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 The Ukraine that he was going to give to them if they gave some investigation to him. And they kept talking about quid pro quo. God is not a quid pro quo God. Look here. Look here in Romans 9, or Romans 11, excuse me. And this will tell you. How can you give to God in order to get from him when he owns everything? If you've been given as a believer, if you've been given extra money and extra ability to make money, God only gave you that ability so you can give to the poor and the needy and the downtrodden. And he says here in verse 34, chapter 11, This tells you that God is not quid pro quo. He's not. For who hath known the mind of the Lord? Or who hath been his counselor? Or who hath first given? Prodinomai. P-R-O-D-I-D. P-R-O-D-I-D-O-M-A-I. Who hath, who hath first given? Prodinomai means to give before you've been given to. And it shall be recompensed to him again. Recompense at apodinomai means to requite or repay. God doesn't repay anybody for giving to him. Period. He says this right here. For of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. God is owns everything. He can do what he wants and you can't give to him to get back and that's one of their big doctrines. You have to give but really funny is when they say you give you got to give to their ministry. Why can't I go out and just find the poor and give to the poor and God will give it back to me again. The Bible says he's not quid pro quo. 
You can't give to him to get. Besides that, what does 1 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, say? 1 Corinthians 4. And verse 7. For who maketh thee to differ from another? Who gave you your looks? I was watching the TV this afternoon. Phil was doing some work, and I asked him, would you like to watch the news when you work? And he said, yeah. I said, I do too, so I turned it on the news. And they had four beautiful women on there with one so-so-looking man. And I said, isn't that amazing? They put all these pretty women women on these news channels. Why don't they put some overweight person on there that doesn't have, that maybe got warts all over their face, but they're real smart. Won't they do that? You can see that they're playing to the audience when they do what they do. You know know you're being played by these people, don't you? Have you ever noticed when you change channels, to go over to another channel because there's a commercial on, there's always a commercial on the other channel. They work the commercials. They're in charge of everything. I don't know why the overweight people in America don't start a movement and say, what about us being on the news? They got all these good-looking... You watch a, a soap opera. And they got nothing but beautiful men and beautiful women on it. Golly. And I don't ever see those people out in public, do you? (laughs) I think they're funny. And you can see the prejudice in it, can't you? I just look and say, Lordy me. Got all these gorgeous women on there telling the news. And they get some smart ones. But why can't they get some... People 50 or 60 years old, that's smart. Maybe they used to be good-looking when they're young, but they want to appeal to whoever they appeal to. I just think that's funny. So he says, Who maketh thee to differ from another? If you are beautiful, if you're not beautiful, God made you that way. Or what hast thou that thou didst not receive? The whole idea of receive means you got it from God. Now, if thou didst receive it from God and he's not quid pro quo, he's not going to give you because you give to him. How can you give to God when you're not beautiful and get handsome? You can't do that, can you? Why dost thou glory as though you didn't get it from God? Why are you taking credit? Even if you're a self-starter like people have known me to be that all my life. Even if you're a self-starter, you can't take credit for that either. You've got to learn whatever God gave you, He gave it to glorify Him. Look over here in Acts 17. You can't give to get from God. That's that's insanity. Acts 17. And Paul is over there at He's over there at Athens preaching to a bunch of pagans. 
Acts 17. All right. All right. I'm going. I'm in the 16. That's why I can't find it. All right. He says he's determined the times of everything that happens in verse 26. I'm going to go ahead and read that to you. God hath made of one blood, Adam's blood that was in him, all nations of men for to dwell on the face of the earth. And God hath determined, the word is horizo. Now, if God has determined horizo, and that is an aorist indicative uh, verb. Aorist indicative is past tense. So being past tense, you can put pro on the front of it for the fact pro means before. So prohorizo is the word predestinate. The tense of the verb makes it prohorizo. Predestinate. So you can substitute the word predestinate for that word determined. Due to the tense of the verb. Can you understand that? Tense means past, present, or future. And there's a lot of variations of that. So he's determined the times. Kairos. Now, if he's determined the timing of everything, K-A-I-R-O-S, he's determined the timing of everything that happens. How can you pray with your mouth and say something and change what God has already determined from the foundation of the world? How can you do that? You can't do that. The charismatics are doing the same thing that believe in Christmas. They've added to the Word of God, haven't they? Anybody who adds these holidays to the Word of God, are they add, are God's already determined everything is going to happen, and they're going to cause God's will to veer off and turn in the middle of life, and they're not going to do that. So God has determined the times... And the times have been before appointed. Pro tasso. Pro tasso. Pro means before. Tasso means to arrange. So God has arranged the timing of everything that's going to happen. How can you say with your mouth something that God has not arranged? You have to agree with God, don't you? Oops, wait a minute. We're at the word confess. It's, it's amazing how they're lying. And people, you say, you shouldn't call them names. Well, can I call them what Jesus called the Pharisees? Children of hell? It Was he a little too hard on the Pharisees? He called them a generation of snakes? He did that out in public in front of everybody. See, I believe you're, if a man is a liar, what do you call a liar? A liar. You call him a liar. <laughs> I don't believe in being nice to the charismatics. 
Every one of their move, every one of those preachers bring in. Kenneth Copeland brings in about $170 million a year. Lying to the people, telling them all they have to do is send their money to him. When the Bible says, John tells God, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health. That's not our word prosper. That's not our word health. The word prosper, euhodos, means well way, well hodos. Way is the word hodos. And Jesus said the way is narrow. There's a narrow way that leads to eternal life. And only a few are going to find it. They're trying to take the way of God and turn it into money. It's not money. Prosper is not money. It's the charismatics are crazy. I keep saying that when you look at the word insane, it will say deranged. When you look up the word deranged in Webster's Dictionary, it will say the inability to speak rational. It's not rational to say you can change the will of God by your mouth. Mouth, that would be out loud praying, wouldn't it, to them? They think prayer is asking God what you want. Oh, by the way, ask. That's a conditional word. Whatsoever you ask, when you pray, believe, you receive. What you have, what you ask, when you keep his commandments and do the things that are pleasing. Keep, terrell, means to keep unchanged. Means to guard against loss. It's like you're the guard in front of a, in front of a, a safe, a vault. And the vault is your heart. And you're saying, these are God's truths and I will not let anybody change them. But when I hear somebody calling God a liar, I want to say, that's not true. You're a liar and God's going to send you to hell for that if, he, if you don't repent. I can't stand to hear somebody twist the word of God out in public. And I, it just galls me to hear some politician reporting on some mass killing and he stands up and says our prayers are with you you're not bound to the will of God for them if you're bound to the will of God you're bound to the fact that God wanted them to die that day I can't I can't stand here somebody saying we're praying for you because are they bound to the will of God for that person no what they mean we're wishing for you that's what they mean now where was I Look here in Acts 17. God has determined the timing of everything, and it's been before appointed. Protasso means to arrange ahead of time. Now, if he's arranged everything ahead of time, how are they going to change things with their mouth? Everything that's going on in our lives is the will of God. When you pray, you're not letting God have his will. His will is being done. When you pray, you're bowing to it. Now, if you don't bow to it, you're going to fight him through the day and through life until you start bowing to his will. And unbelieving vessels of wrath fitted to destruction cannot bow to his will. It's not in them to bow. Well, if we ever find out that the will of God is being done in everything that we do, everything in our lives is the will of God. You mean, when I get a ticket, when I get cancer, when I get, yes. 
Everything. The Bible says in everything give thanks. It doesn't say, 3 Thessalonians 5.18, it doesn't say in every good thing give thanks. It says in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. I have related that what I was going through in the mid-late 60s and early 70s was more than I thought I could possibly handle. And as I live through the years, now look back and say, God wanted me to go through that, so I'd throw my hands in the air and say, I give up when he stuck me in the hospital in my mid-40s. I'm saying, Lord, whatever you want me to do, that's what I'll do. And that's when I, I, had, ne- I had preached as a young preacher all over America in my 20s, but I had never really surrendered to God's will until that time that's when i lost all my clients in real estate they all went flying away they're not gonna wait till you get out of the hospital they'll go buy a house from somebody else and i said lord whatever you want me to do i will teach i will teach and tell everybody the truth that i can that was in i was about 45 and god really dealt with my heart so he caused me to be willing to bow to his will and you're not completely there when you start surrendering. He's got to keep scourging us all of our life. So when things seem too hard to bear, you're supposed to be going through it. So you'll surrender one day. And when you're young, it's hard to surrender. If you're under 65, it's real hard to surrender. <laughs> it's really difficult unless you've been through a lot of things you didn't understand and you start saying, Lord, help me to understand. I I hear these preachers preach and everything that they preach is a goody-goody Jesus. That's the wrong Jesus. I heard John MacArthur preaching and, you know, I used to really, I was kind of follower of John years ago but I found out he's got Christmas and he does water baptism. And he he was congratulating his church uh, for being a wonderful church. He never tells them how much they have to suffer, how much they have to go through, how much they have to take their cross and die daily. I don't hear him saying that much. I listen to him every day I can on the radio. He comes on WNQM around 2.30. And he's, a, he preaches a nice Jesus. He preaches at predestination, then he preaches at free will. I believe he's a believer, but I believe he's off base on a whole bunch of his doctrines. I heard him say the other day, I'm not ashamed of anything I've ever done. I thought, John, the Bible says, if you're not ashamed, you haven't repented. I wonder if he thinks he has much to repent of. I wonder if he ever got a real close look at some of those women that come to his church that are dressed in skin-tight dresses that's got great bodies on them and some of them wear a plunging neckline. I wonder if he's ever looked at that. I just can't believe a man would say... He's saying he has no sin there. That's what he's saying. And the Bible says... 
turn thou me and I shall be turned. And after I was turned, I repented and I was ashamed. If you're not ashamed of your past, something's wrong with you. Let me get back to this. It says here in Acts, the 17th chapter, that timing has a boundary of habitation. That word boundary of habitation is the word kot or kia. K-A-T-O-K-I-A. K-A-T-O-K-I-A. It comes from oikia, which is the word house or family, and kata means down. It means a place to settle down. All timing has a place or a housing around it. It's like having a housing around your transmission. Everything operates exactly the way it's supposed to whenever you change gears. It has a housing. So timing has been set. How can these people say, you said with your mouth and you can change the will of God that's already been set from the foundation of the world. There. And then he goes on to say that they should seek the Lord if happily they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. For in him, notice this next verse, in him we live and move and have our being, our very existence is in Christ. As certain also of your own poets have said, we, for we are also his offspring. For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone or graven by art and man's device. The next verse he says something I need to just say quickly. In the times of his ignorance... Of his this ignorance, God winked at. Winked means to blink the eye. He shut his eye at. But now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. It doesn't mean every individual. All men remember is the word pos anthropos. Pos means all. Anthropos means man. It means men of every nation, tongue, and tribe. Red, yellow, white, black, and brown men as opposed to one flesh over in the Old Testament, now all men are commanded. These charismatics are saying, look over here, they've added to the Word of God in Leviticus 18. Leviticus 18. And people say, what's wrong with Christmas? First of all, what's wrong with it it is an ordinance of the pagans. And anybody who wants to go against God wants to distribute fortunes. What the 
I call TBN, I call it DBN, the Devil's Broadcasting Network, because they talk about distributing fortunes to everybody. That's all they do talk about. If God wanted everybody rich, he would have made us all rich. He doesn't want everybody rich, but he wants those of us that have got something together in our life to help those that don't have much together in their life, to reach out to them. Everybody is not born with the same thing. There's nothing wrong with being slow-moving. There's nothing wrong with being an uncomely part of the body of Christ. The 12th chapter of of 1 Corinthians says, We need to give more honor to the uncomely parts. It means the part that doesn't fit. If you're a comely part, it's talking about the body being the eye and the ear and the nose and the mouth. But just because you're not, you can't say because I'm not of the eye, I'm not of the body. You may be the appendix, but the appendix is necessary. We used to think it wasn't necessary, so they would take them out if you had an operation. We know now that they gather poison for your from your body. Your tonsils gathers poison. I when I was a kid in the forties, they used to say if you go to the hospital and you're a kid, have your tonsils removed. Well, I was 24 when I had mine removed, and all of a sudden, all the infection left my tonsils and went to my lungs. I ended up with chronic bronchial asthma. We know that it's necessary. It's one of the uncomely parts of our body. But do you think God gave us something we didn't need? Certainly we needed it. So we're supposed to help those people that cannot help themselves. Look here in Leviticus. What's wrong with Christmas? What's wrong with the charismatic movement? They've added to the Word of God. Look here in verse 30, Leviticus 18. Therefore shall you keep mine ordinance, kupa, C-H-U-Q-Q-A-H, kuka. It means ritual. Therefore you shall you keep my rituals that you commit not any one of these abominable customs. Has the basic same meaning as the word ordinance. You don't keep the customs of the heathen. He didn't say don't worship the gods of the heathens. He said don't keep their customs which were committed before you, and that you defile not yourselves therein, I am the Lord your God. There's two verses I was going to read to you Sunday, but I'm going to go ahead and read them now. I may read them again Sunday. I really believe we need to understand this. Look at Deuteronomy 4. Before I read that, let me read. I'll read Deuteronomy 4 after I read this. Ecclesiastes 3, 14. Because this basically says the same thing. Ecclesiastes 3, verse 14. Let me erase this. 
demon, the charismatic doctrine, Christmas is distributing fortunes. The ancients said that the that the tree was the giver of all divine gifts to man. So you got the gifts under the tree, and what are they? All that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and a pride of life. Eve saw a tree that was good for food, it would fulfill the lust of her flesh. It was pleasant to the eye, fulfill the lust of the eye, and the pride of life, it would make her wise in her own conceits. You get three wishes from a genie. You get three wishes from the demon. Now, look here in Ecclesiastes 3, verse 14. What the charismatics are saying is they can change the will of God, and God says in this verse, His will is forever. You can read this whole chapter. The birds, an old rock and roll group, had a song. Somebody knew something about the Bible in that group because the title of the song was Turn, Turn, Turn. And they would sing, there's a time to be born, a time to die. A time to plant, a time. The word time means a timing. A time to plant, a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill, a time to heal. There's a timing for everything. This means God has set timings for everything upon the earth. And the times cannot be changed. If you knew... That everything you're going to happen, that's going to happen to you this next week, has already been written down in God's time book. Would it be easier to handle when it comes? Yeah. Well, let me tell you, it's already been written down, yeah. and you can't change it. Whatever you're going to go through, sickness, feeling bad, getting a ticket, getting fired, getting hired, don't matter what it is. It's already been determined by God. Everything in your life. And you're supposed to thank Him for it. And you're supposed to thank Him and everything give thanks. Next time a police officer pulls you over, say, thank you, Lord. Because if He hadn't have pulled you over, every step of your life wouldn't be different. If you stop and a police officer sits there with you and talks to you for 15 minutes and admonish you to slow down every step you take from then on will be different every step you realize that that's how God has got things worked out I know that whatsoever God doeth it shall be forever and nothing can be put to it nor anything taken from it this is the same thing that Deuteronomy the fourth chapter says it'll tell you you can't add to the word of God put to put to yourself taken from Garah Garah means to subtract anything from what God doeth and what he does is forever the thing about the word forever it don't mean what our word forever means our word forever means from now on that word is olam 
It's the same word as eternal or eternity. It means it always has been in the mind of God and it always will be and that's it and you can either like that or not. It's Your life has already been planned out. Boy, they wouldn't say that in a Baptist church. Well, you can change the way you live. You can't change nothing. If you change, that's because God put something in your head. You can't say, well, uh, if I go out here and sin, which I know this girl I want to go mess with, and I want to go drink me some booze on, on Friday night, well, God put that kind of mind in you to be that dumb. People say, well, what if you jump on a train track and it's not your time to die? God gave you a stupid mind that day and you're going to die. You want to be dumb and die? Then drive on a train track and sit there and let the train hit you. It don't work that way. If you're accountable and responsible, and we're predestined to be like Jesus, and this is such a hard message that to be like Jesus, here's what you got to be. Here's as good uh as good a thing that will describe what you need to be like. You need to be a man or woman of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Because he was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Why was he a sorrowful man and acquainted with grief? He knew everything that was going to happen. He was God. He knew the people were going to reject him. He knew they were going to scream, crucify him while he's on the cross. Even when he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He wasn't talking about forgiving everybody in the crowd. He was talking about forgiving the elect that were in the crowd, falling in with the crowd in a mob violence against him. He was only talking about the elect. He couldn't have been meaning everybody in the crowd because God the Father would have had to forgive everybody. Now, and look at verse 15. Well, it says, And God doeth it that men should fear before him. That which hath been, it's been in the mind of God, it is now. It's going on now. And that which is to be hath already been in the mind of God from forever. And God requireth that which has been in his past mind to come to pass in your life and mine. If you can just settle in like you're on a track. You are on a track, you know that, don't you? The Bible teaches that we have been laid out like a train on a track. And the only place we can go is straight ahead. We can't sit around. If we worry, that's not giving in to God. Take no thought for your life. Take thought. Merim, no. M-E-R-I-M-N-A-O. 
That's the word over there in the sixth chapter of Matthew. Take no thought for your life, what you'll eat or what you'll drink or how you'll be clothed. Quit worrying about that. Your heavenly Father feedeth the fowls of the air. You think he can't clothe you? Oh, you have little faith? You think he's not looking after us? Faith dies to self and believes God regardless of how we feel. If you can come to the place... When you're feeling worse than you've ever felt, let's just say you're real sick and you're feeling really bad and you can come up and say, this is the will of God that I feel this bad and I don't feel like even living feeling this sick. You ever been that sick? I've been that sick. But I have said to Mary when she'd say, are you okay? I'd say, well, this is the will of God. I know everything that happens to me is the will of God. I've really begun to bow to that. And then he says, that which has been is now. So you can't change. Look at verse 17. I said in my heart, God shall judge the righteous and the wicked, for there is time. There is a time for every purpose and for every work that God does. And the scripture says over in Acts 15, known unto God, I believe it's verse 18, known unto God are all his works from the beginning of the world. Let's look over there. Where? Acts 15. If God knows all his works, how are these charismatics going to change the will of God? Have you noticed how all these things go together? Christmas, charismatic doctrine, and demons are all man's imagination, and they've simply added that to the Word of God. I think it's 15. Yeah, here it is. Verse 18. Known unto God are all his works from the beginning of the world. And what are his works? That's everything that's going on. It's all got a timing. What are, there is no need for believers to ever be angry with one another. Everybody is a different place of growth. To every man in the church is being given a me, different measure of faith, but every does, everybody doesn't have the same measure. Now what the charismatics are doing are the same thing that the people that involve themselves in Christ's Mass, the Roman Catholic Mass are doing. They've added to the Word of God. Look back here in Deuteronomy 4. I love this verse. How much time do I have, Mike? 30. I'm not getting to everything I wanted to get to. All right. Verse 1, chapter 4, Deuteronomy. Now therefore hearken, O Israel, unto the statutes and to the judgments which I teach you. Statutes means God's laws. For to do them, that ye may live and go in and possess the land which the Lord thy God, God your, of your fathers, giveth you. This is where they're 
Deuteronomy is where they've come through the land. They're getting ready to enter back into the promised land that God had given to Abraham about 500 years before. And they're going to come into the land. And God says, Ye shall not add unto the word which I command you, neither shall you diminish. The word diminish, garah, the word add. Yasaf means to augment or put anything to it. Don't add Christmas to the word of God. Don't add positive confession to the word of God saying you're going to change God's will. That's insane. Neither shall you diminish aught from it that you keep commandments of the Lord your God which I command you. It was written on tables of stone back then. Now it's written on fleshy tables of our hearts and we're supposed to not let anybody change it. We're to fight for it. Fight for the truth. Now go to Deuteronomy 12. These two verses go together. They're going into the promised land. God is telling them, don't you add or change. In this section, in verse 29 through 32, he's telling them, don't you follow after the customs, the culture, the rituals that these people follow. Don't hang a tree in your kitchen or in your in your living room. Don't put a baubles on it where you got all of these these Christmas decorations. Don't put gold and silver on it. Don't add and say you could have what you want by speaking it with your mouth. That's adding to the word of God. Don't give a demon a credit for your sin so you can just cast out the demon and get up and go on your way and keep on ripping and tearing through life. The problem is not a demon itself. And Jesus said it was self. Demons are adding to the word of God. Positive confession is just like Christmas. It's adding to the word of God. Boy, it's really hard to come to a place and realize that your whole life has been planned out ahead of time. But that's what the Bible is saying. Look here. Verse 29. When the Lord thy God shall cut off the nations from before thee. What is he talking about? Deuteronomy is at the end of the 40 years in the wilderness. The book of Deuteronomy is where they're just before they've wandered 40 years in the wilderness They've come up here, come into Moab, come north of the Dead Sea, and they're encamped here, getting ready to come over the Jordan River and run all of these pagans out of the land, except they don't run them out. They intermarry with them. God says, don't marry those pagans, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Jebusites. Don't marry them. And they did. But Deuteronomy is at the end of their 
God has killed off everybody from 40 years old and upward as, uh, excuse me, 20 years old and upward as of their encampment at Kadesh Bornea 40 years before when they were unwilling to go in and conquer those people in the land of Anak, the Anakims, the giants. They said they're too big for us. God says, just for that, all you 20-year-old and upward, you had to be 20 to be in the in an Israeli army. So just for that, I'm going to walk you through the desert for 40 years, a year for a day that you spied out the land, and I'm going to kill off all the unbelieving people that were soldier age. Everybody except Caleb and Joshua. They were willing to, they were willing to go fight. So... So he says, when you go into the land to repossess Canaan, which later on be named Israel after Jacob. When the Lord thy God shall cut off the nations from before thee, all the people that have come in and wandered into the land over five or six hundred years and possessed it, but it had been given to Abraham hundreds of years before. Whether thou goest to possess them, and thou succeedest them and dwellest in their land. They're worshiping idol gods. I don't want you to go after that. Take heed to thyself that thou be not snared by following these pagans. You want to see all the people that's in the land? You can turn over to Ezra, the ninth chapter, the first three verses. They had the Ammonites and the Perizzites and the Jebusites and the Hittites. And all of them were fire, sun, and tree worshipers. And God says, don't be snared in following them. After that, they be destroyed from before thee, and that thou inquire not after their gods, saying. These should be in quotation marks. I don't want you to say and ask yourself this question. How did these nations serve their gods? What rituals did they use? Did they cut down a tree out of the forest? They did decorate it with silver and gold, as Jeremiah the 10th chapter says, as Isaiah the 44th chapter says. Don't you follow any of their culture. If God is this serious about Israel, you think he's that serious with us? Absolutely. Even so will I do likewise. If you follow them, you're going to say you're going to do it just like they did it. When people say, but we don't do Christmas that way. Well, let me ask you this. Just how do you do the fire and tree worship? I didn't say Christmas because it was fire and tree worship. It was moon worship. Thou shalt not do so unto the Lord thy God for every abomination. It's an abomination to put up a tree goddess. It's abomination to deck it with silver and with gold and to give each other gifts. They said the tree was the giver of all divine gifts to men and the tree gave all that was in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye and the pride of life. It was a gift giver. It was an a, it was a distributed fortunes giver. It was a demon giver. For every abomination to the Lord which he ateth, have they done unto their gods. For even their sons 
and their daughters they have burnt in the fire to their gods. They didn't just burn them in the fire. They ate them. Whatsoever I command you, observe to do it. Thou shalt not, Yosef, add. Same thing he said in Ecclesiastes 3.14. Thou shalt not add thereto, nor diminish from it. That's what God said. Is Christmas adding to the Word of God? Yes. Is positive confession wanting to change the will of God that He set from the foundation of the world? It absolutely is, isn't it? Now look over here in Proverbs 30. I have never been so sick I hate Christmas with a passion. I don't hate Jesus. Jesus was God. He was God in the flesh. He died to save sinners, his elect family, and nobody else. Husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. He wasn't born on December the 25th. That was the birthday of Mithra, the sun god of, of Rome. Look here in 30th chapter of Proverbs. Now, if I read these again on Sunday, preaching on Christmas, I can't hardly separate these messages. If you're preaching against Christmas, against the charismatic doctrine, against the assembly of gods and their demons, and the charismatics and their demons, or you're preaching against water baptism, you're preaching a blood baptism, which was a death or a martyrdom, you're preaching against adding to the Word of God. Can you see that? Look here Proverbs 30. Look here in verse 5. Every word of God is pure. It's pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him or in his word. Add thou not unto his word. The word add is yourself. There's that word again. Don't augment. Don't put anything to the word of God except what he said. Lest he reprove thee and thou be found to be a liar. God is not very nice when he calls these people down, is he? If you add to his word, you Pentecostal charismatics, you're a liar. If you change the meaning of the word tongue, and you just got one word in the English, tongue, There's two words in the Greek, and they don't mean a bunch of jabbering like you get in the Pentecostal churches. That's adding to the Word of God. You've got glossa, meaning foreign language. And dialectos means dialect. They have different dialect in every city-state. Where they changed and gave their allegiance to a different city, they had a different dialect. 
They said, how here we ever, man, in our own dialect where we were born. When you add and make that jibber-jabber, and you're a Pentecostal, you have changed the Word of God. God's going to, He's going to add it or take it away from you in the book of life. He says, two things have I required of thee. Deny, deny me them not before I die. Remove far from me vanity and lies. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with food that is convenient for me. The word convenient means necessary. Just enough food for me that's convenient. So when you're talking about adding to the Word of God, God is saying that's a curse on your life. That's what the charismatic movement is. It's, boy, they've added. They talk about calling things that be not as though they were. They don't even look at the context. God calls things that be not. I gave you a list of words calling things that be not. That's something that was dead. It talking about the dead womb of Sarah and the dead loins of Abraham because Abraham was 99 years old. Sarah was 89. And God says, you're too old to have children, but you're going to have a son. And Abraham considered not his own body, now dead physically, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb, but he staggered not at the promise of God. The word stagger means to discriminate. Diacrino. It means to become the channel of judging. Well, I'm too old for that, Lord. Abraham said, okay, Lord, I believe you. Boy, I'm telling you, aren't we in a mess in America? You can see why I'm grieved. All this stuff goes through my mind constantly every day. Now let's go over here to Isaiah. 46. I'm spending more time than I normally spend on these verses. Had a bunch more verses to give to you, but I misplaced it up here amongst all this paper, so y'all have to forgive me. All right. Isaiah was preaching to northern Israel. He was northern Israel's prophet. And he preached to them for 50 years, telling them to repent of their ways. It was northern Israel that was led by the tribe of Joseph, particularly his second-born son, Ephraim. And it was northern Israel that brought in Baal in the grove, which was sun and tree worship. And God and Isaiah is preaching to him about what God's going to do to him. Let me see here. Where do I want to start? Speaking of Israel, I got to back up some in this. It's talking about tree worship in this chapter. How much time do I have? Fourteen. Uh, I don't want to get too heavy into it he's talking about they go into the forest they cut a tree out of the forest and then he says 
verse 9, they make a graven image and are all of them vanity and their delectable things shall not profit. They are their own witnesses. They see not nor know. Talking about the gods they make out of a tree. What? 46? You went back to 44. I'm in 44. And then I'm going to move on up to 40. Well, later on. I'm in verse 9 of 44. The 44 chapter is about a tree god. Verse 9, they make a graven image and are all of them vanity. Their delectable things shall not profit. They are their own witnesses. They see not these gods they make, nor know that they may be ashamed. Who hath formed a god? Or molten graven image that is profitable for nothing. That's what those trees are worth in your houses that you put up. Behold, all his fellows shall be ashamed. All his, the people that are associated with this tree God. And the workmen, they are of men. Let them all be gathered together. Let them stand up. Yet shall they shall fear, and they shall be ashamed together. The smith, the blacksmith, the smithy, with the tongs, both worketh in the coals, and fashioneth this tree god with hammers, and worketh it with the strength of his arms. Yea, he is hungry, and his strength faileth. He drinketh no water. And his faint is talking about a man working on a graven image, a tree god. The carpenter stretcheth out his rule. He marketh it out with a line. He fitteth it with planes. He marketh it out with a compass and maketh it after the figure of a man, according to the beauty of a man, that it may remain in the house, in the living room. Remember, Venus was worshipped in the ancient world in the form of a triangle. And Mr. Layard says they put a star on top of it because they were worshipped in the stars. That was the Ashtaroth. And they put, uh, put it on a platform because it can't move on its own. Verse 14, He heweth down cedars. And taketh the cypress and the oak. The word oak is the word alon. It comes from the word Allah. And Allah was the ancient tree god of the ancient world. Allah, the tree goddess, was always represented in the form of a crescent moon. That's what's on the flags of the Turks, and that's a common symbol for all those people over there. So the tree goddess was a moon goddess, which he strengthened for himself among the trees of the forest. He planteth an ash, and the rain doth nourish it. Then shall it be for a man to burn, for he will take thereof and warm himself. he warm himself with this tree goddess. And he kindled it and bakes bread with it. 
Yes, he maketh the God and worshipeth it out of this tree he cut out of the forest and maketh it a graven image and falleth down thereto. People say, we don't worship the tree. Don't you get out on your knees and pick up the gifts from under it? He burneth part thereof in the fire. With part thereof he eateth flesh. He roasteth roast and is satisfied. Yea, he warmeth himself and saith, Aha, I am warm. I have seen the fire and the residue thereof. He maketh a God, even his graven image. He falleth down unto it and worshipeth it and prayeth unto it and saith, Deliver me, for thou art my God tree. I added tree in there. They have not known nor understood, talking about Israel, for he hath shut their eyes that they cannot see and their hearts that they cannot understand. And none considereth in his heart, neither is there any knowledge nor understanding to say, I have burned part of it in the fire, yea, also I have baked bread from the coals thereof. I have roasted flesh and eaten it, and I shall make the residue thereof an abomination of God and shall fall down to the stock of a tree. The word stock is A-T-E-S. A-T-E-S. They put a variation on that. And in the land of what we call Turkey, they called it A-T-T-I-S. And Attis was said to be born in a cave near Bethlehem years before Christ was born. He feedeth on ashes and deceived heart hath turned him aside. The deceived hearts of Israel have turned aside after this God, that he cannot deliver his soul, nor say, Is there not a lie in my right hand? Remember these, O Jacob and Israel, for thou art my servant. I have formed thee. Thou art my. Thou art not to be forgotten of me. I have blotted out as a thick cloud thy transgressions and as a cloud thy sins return unto me for I have redeemed thee. Sing, O ye heavens, for the Lord hath done it. Shout ye to the lower parts of the earth. Break forth into singing, ye mountains. So he's talking about when he brings them back. And he says in verse 24, Thus saith the Lord, Thy Redeemer, he that formed thee from the womb, I am the Lord that maketh all things and stretcheth forth out the heavens alone, that spreadeth abroad the earth by myself. And he says over here in 46, let's go to 46. Chapter 46, verse 8. Remember this and show yourselves men. Bring it again yourselves 
bring it again to mind, O ye transgressors. Remember the former things of old. Former means the first ones, Israel as they used to be when they were worshiping these idol gods. For I am God, there is none else. I am God, there is none like me, declaring the end. That word declaring, no God, means to manifest or to announce the end from the beginning and from ancient times the things that are not yet done the things that haven't been done yet i've announced that they will come to pass my counsel shall stand and i'll do all the things i want to do and nobody can stop me from doing it and here's what i'm going to do i'm going to call a ravenous bird from the east he's talking about nebuchadnezzar he's talking about actually the assyrian kings uh, Sennacherib uh, and several other Assyrian kings the man that executeth my counsel I will counsel in the mind of these people and say go and attack northern Israel from a far country yea I have spoken it Dabar means the commandment of God it means an orderly arrangement by God's command. I have spoken it that the Assyrians will come in and carry northern Israel away. I will also bring it to pass. I have purposed it, and I will also do it. And, it, you know, we puzzle over all these people doing what they do. But Romans eleven eleven said the only reason Israel did this was so the Gentiles would come to the light. Did Israel fall just merely to fall? God forbid. They stumbled so that the Gentiles would come to the light. Everything that they did wrong was for our good. We wouldn't be sitting here tonight if they hadn't turned away from God. So he put it in their hearts to turn I've got much more to sell on this. Hope you can see that everything that's in the Bible is arranged and all the evil connects. Demon means to distribute fortunes. The charismatics are distributing fortunes. That's what they say, but they're not doing it. They're lying. They don't promise anybody anything that ever comes to pass. There's a lot of people that give to those ministries a lot of people give 25 and 30 percent of their income to those ministries. We've got stories of some of them that have, since the devil, DBN, the Devil's Broadcasting Network, is right up the street. I've got stories about people that have been beat out of everything they've got. One fellow we heard about, he gave all of his money, all of his house, and everything he had to those bunch of crooks up the street. His daughter came into town said I had to help my father. He kept calling me and said, I need help. They talked him out of everything he owned. And he signed it all over to them. They're promising him, you're going to get a hundredfold back. I don't know how these people can live with themselves. I couldn't live with myself stealing from the poor. The poor are the ones in trouble. 
they're the ones that buy into that that doctrine. Give and you'll get back. Quid pro quo. That's what they say to the people. You give, God's obligated to give it back to you. God is not obligated to give anything to anybody of him and through him and to him or all things. You can't give to get with God. Am I out of time? One minute. One minute. I'm going to come back and give you some more on this. I just see how that... I see how that this word of faith, this so-called charismatic movement that says if you say it, you get it with your mouth. You don't get nothing you say with your mouth. You have to confess, which means to agree with. And if you agree with God, you agree with what he said. You agree, agree that you don't get by getting, by giving. And if you have anything, it's of God. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you for truth. We pray that you'll take this message out there to the people and let them see that this is, the whole world is deceived, Lord. There's not hardly anywhere that's not being deceived. I don't even know what to ask you for. Just, your will be done. Your will is being done. Lead us to your elect family. Fight our battles. We'll give you praise in Christ's name. Amen. It's all the same thing. Yeah, they'll, they'll tell you, you've paid your tithes. Now you've got to do your special offering. Yeah. You, to, to get- they say all that stupid stuff. Those guys are crooks. They're criminals. Kenneth Copeland belongs in prison for life. God's going to put him in a prison one day. It's going to be hell. Well, they're in prison. They don't know it. Supposed to be angry at them lying. This is medicine I got yesterday that stopped me from twitching and jerking. I only took it once. I take it night. It's good my second night. I don't know what I threw in my sleep. I got up and been doing the same to me. You must be moving because you're losing weight. I think I'm losing weight. Oh God, I can't be losing weight all the way. I've been trying to gain weight, not a little bit. I've been eating two ice cream sandwiches today. On top of two. Okay. I'm scared to read side effects. If I read side effects, I'll never take it. Holistic stuff in here. All of them do. Oh, it probably says 
may cause fatal internal bleeding. I think I know what fatal means. Yeah. But uh, they, got, they gave me that stuff that poor old Delaney was on. I've been able to keep uh, on I've got some whacked out on them. Uh, I, I 